Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. You know what it is. Welcome back. It is another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle where we put the fun in functional fantasy content. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. With me, as usual, is my man, Matt Modica. And Matt, you know, we, we did overreaction week already. We are now two weeks in. And unfortunately, we're reminded that football is a violent game. I think the biggest headline from this week is that we've got some big boys that are down with injuries. And, you know, as it relates to Nick Chubb, probably out with a significant injury for the rest of the season. You hate to see it that teams get eviscerated, both real life and fantasy, so quickly out the gate because of injury, right? Yes, it's uh, definitely uh, unfortunate. And, I mean, we had Saquon on Sunday that Mm -hmm. helped off the field throw his helmet. Yep. I was like, oh, God, that's not good. And, you know, Chubb's done. So, yeah. I mean. I mean, they this... wouldn't even show the replay on the telecast, you mm-hmm. know. You saw yes. the, you heard the crowd kind of gasp, you know. And that's a road crowd in the division that knew it was actually serious. Let's start there. Let's start mm-hmm. there because we got some big guys, right, that I know were high draft picks or being counted on. Let's start with Nick Chubb, okay? Because to me, obviously he's done. Obviously he is the workhorse. Obviously he is one of the few bell cows left in the NFL. I guess my question for you as we're here in this kind of waiver wire period, you know, everybody's running to see if Jerome Ford is available. Part of me actually thinks that a former Brown, you know, Kareem Hunt or elsewhere could actually happen. Is this a thing where you go short term and just nail Jerome Ford right away and spend two thirds of your fab budget because he's going to be the guy? Or do you think there's an actual possibility that Cleveland brings someone else in to help form a committee with Ford? I mean, Hunt makes sense, being that he's been there and you know, they know him. But I think uh, Jerome Ford is the smash play this week. Uh, early on in camp, he was basically anointed the RB2 running back on that team. There was no questions asked. He got injured. I believe he had a groin injury or whatever injury he had. And he missed basically the majority of the whole preseason. They went and they acquired P.F. Strong, who is somebody I do like. I, I think he does have talent. Never really had an opportunity in New England. But I think Jerome Ford is good. I think Jerome Ford showed you last night that he is good. Is he Nick Chubb? No way. I mean, Nick Chubb was one of the, you know, he's been routinely said, uh, referred as the, you know, best pure runner in football and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think Jerome Ford was the guy that they had, you know, plans on using in that backfield with Chubb. And now it's his. Now, will he have the same, you know, will he be in every down back? No, but he's going to be out there a lot. I mean, the, the snaps last night showed you that, too. He, he's he's going to be relied upon. And I, I think, you know, it's a situation where he's the guy now. Even if they bring in Hunt, I still want to have Ford. I think Ford, is, you know, is, is the play. He is the top pick by far sure. in waivers for me. And if you can get him, I think you have to prioritize. I can't say the word. Hello? Prioritize. I don't know why I can't say Prioritize Jerome Ford. You You got it, man. So let me ask it to you in another way. Is this in any way way a boost for Deshaun Watson? 
for Amari Cooper, for Elijah Moore, you know, obviously with Nick Chubb, they were going to be one of the more run heavy teams. You think it's going to be Ford that kind of fills that role. But what if we zoom out one level, thinking about the Cleveland Browns as an offense, do they become more mm-hmm. balanced or more pass heavy, which actually helps, you know, some of the receivers or Deshaun Watson for fantasy? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's important because I think Deshaun Watson has looked like trash the first two weeks and I'm not overreacting. Uh, you know, you, you heard the, you know, murmurs in camp that the passing game didn't look great. I was very high on Elijah Moore, right? But I keep watching him. He is so inaccurate right now, and, especially downfield, you know, Matt. There were some throws yeah. last night down the sidelines where dude, like, not only overthrew the receiver, not only overthrew the sideline, but like overthrew all the dudes on the sideline and almost hit the <laughs> cheerleaders. I cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Yeah, I mean, week one, he was, you know, it looked a lot better because he had the rushing touchdown. Right. But I'm a little concerned. I'm very uh, I'm very invested in Elijah Moore as, like, like my, you know, uh, like that fifth receiver or that receiver depth that I wanted to play a lot and who I thought could really, you know, hit this year as, you know, that eighth-round guy that could, right. you know, possibly smash. But right now, I am I am concerned about the offense, but I do think it's, it's going to help them. A uh, it, it will at least give them a better opportunity. Now, can Watson deliver? I mean, that contract is going to get every opportunity. He sure will. And one thing we can say is Cleveland does have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. So whether that Mm -hmm. helps the run game and Ford, but we're saying blow the budget, even if they do bring in somebody else, this will be Ford's backfield. And they Mm -hmm. liked him. Another huge running back injury, Matt, we mentioned it before. Saquon Barkley goes down late in that comeback victory against the Cardinals. Now, from what I'm hearing, it's an ankle. It's a sprained ankle. And they're going to say it's not the dreaded high ankle sprain. It's a kind of garden variety, ordinary uh, ankle sprain. They're talking about three weeks. Now, listen, he's not going to play with a short turnaround. Giants are on Thursday night football facing San Francisco. Then there's a week. So he may miss two games. I know next man up is Matt Breida. What do you think about Matt Breida? Let's say Ford in a deeper league is already gone or you don't want to spend so much money on him. This is obviously a more short-term play because it's not like Mm -hmm. Barkley is gone for the season, but he has has dealt with injury before. He has dealt with that ankle injury before. What are your thoughts on Matt Breida? Uh, I don't want to ask you to say the word prioritization. So I'll ask you instead, <laughs> how much of your fat budget do you think you might be spending on a guy like Breida who should have a backfield to himself, at least for the rest of September? I'm not going crazy here. Okay. I mean, I'll put some bids in and stuff, but he's not my, you know, he's not my guy to go after. Uh, especially it's a short week. They're playing at San Francisco. I don't like that matchup. Uh, Though San Francisco's defense, the Rams were able to move the ball up and down the field against. Um, But I still think it's not an ideal matchup for the Giants. I I mean, credit to the Giants for coming back in that game. Mm -hmm. Of course, they were steamrolled in that first half. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Breeder, yeah. I mean, Breeder's going to be a guy I have on a list. I mean... There's like him, there's Greg Reynolds. Uh, a guy that I know was dropped in at least one of my high-stake leagues, which which has deep benches, which I was kind of shocked by a really good player, and he could be out there in the shallower leagues, is a Kendrick Miller. 
That's mm. somebody who, if he comes back week three, he didn't play last night, but if he's back week three, there's no Kamara. Jamal Williams got hurt last night. Yeah. I know Tony Jones Jr. punched in two uh, touchdowns last right. night, but Kendra Miller is somebody I was pretty high on, and he's stashed on my benches. And if it's him and Tony Jones this upcoming week, I think you have a really good shot. I'd rather go with, you know, Miller. Uh, Kendra over Breeder. Okay. Interestingly enough, the one, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate, though, is that I would expect Alvin Kamara to be on the field for the Saints before I expect Saquon Barkley to be on the field for the Giants. So we're talking about these as short term plays a little Mm -hmm. bit. One other guy that we got to ask you, I know you have been, you know, talking about Joe Burrow, even in our preseason, talking about how 35 touchdowns was the floor for Burrow. I said I was a little bit worried Mm -hmm. that the calf was going to linger, you know, and here we are. You know, he's limping at the end of the game. They're talking about they need to reassess his availability and that he did potentially re-aggravate that calf. Now, we've talked about it before, right? The appendectomy, returning from the knee. We know that historically, Burrow has had slow starts. Is your level of concern rising here, Matt? Or how much might it be rising thinking about Burrow? And I know you've got, you know, you've got Higgins all over the place. Mm -hmm. I've got Chase that I talked about sometimes even as a one over Justin Jefferson in preseason drafts. You know, people are all in on this Cincinnati Bengals offense. You know, how much is the kind of panic button getting closer to arm's distance for you? Well, as you mentioned, historically, Burrow in September, those first couple of games, every year he's missed camp every year due to the coming back from injury, academically, now the calf. So it has been a slow start, but my level of concern is raised because he re-aggravated this injury. Right. Now, if you own Joe Burrow, so you don't have a backup, you said, I drafted Burrow, I'm not taking a backup. Or you have a backup, say, like uh, Daniel Jones, who has a tough matchup sure. on a short week with no Saquon. I think a guy that I'm targeting this week is uh, Matthew Stafford. Hmm. I want to have that ability to, uh, you know, Monday night, he's not going to play. I put, I put in Stafford. That offense has looked competent. I mean, yeah. Puka Nuka, we were, laughing, I, we were laughing at people last Wednesday night. He was going for – I know one guy bid over 950 or more twice on him and got him. I mean, he went for over 800, you know, 700. And I was like, look, this is pretty crazy. I know the guy was, he got all those targets week one. What happened week two? The guy got 20 targets. <laughs> he, caught 50, he caught 15 passes. Yeah. I mean, just right there. Just on, if he had zero yards, he got 15 points. Forget about it. I'm, I'm concerned about the Bengals offense. This team is just too good. They have to pass the ball. If Burrow doesn't miss time and, you know, can get back to that thing, I think it will get corrected. But for this week, you know, I'm I'm worried about all the pieces. I'm worried about Higgins, who was the ultimate, you know, you saw it last week, eight targets, zero receptions right. in week one, over 140 air yards. You knew it. The problem is with Chase, it's all underneath stuff. That's got to be corrected. So, yes, there is a level of concern here. I, I don't see how there's not. Mm-hmm. But you need to survive it. You know, I got some teams in, like, week one where Burrow put up four points, and I won. 
So you've got to be able to at least have that roster there. Uh, concern, absolutely. Uh, playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. All right, fair enough. You know, that level rises. We'll see what Cincinnati does this week if they can get everybody involved. Another team I want to ask you about that had uh, the injury bug bite them a little bit is the Detroit Lions, man. You know, Amon Ra, St. Brown, uh, that with a toe, maybe turf toe. You saw Montgomery go down with a quad. Is this all of a sudden just Jameer Gibbs season? You know, I got a, a lot of people asking me about um, Josh Reynolds potentially on mm-hmm. the waiver wire. He's someone that's only rostered in about 10 or 15% of leagues. If Amon Ra is not going to be there, this is still a passing offense. And remember, Reynolds and Goff were together with the Rams, right? So there may be some kind of familiarity or chemistry there. I'm intrigued by Josh Reynolds as a waiver wire Mm -hmm. ad if you need him at the wide receiver position. Do you agree? And what do you think it's going to look like in Detroit for the uh, short term, potentially without the Sun God or Monty? Uh, With Josh Reynolds, I think if you need that guy to slide in like this week, I mean, you got to look at your roster. Are you deep at wide receiver? Right. Uh, If you need to to play for now – Yes, Josh Reynolds is definitely the wide receiver two on this team. And he deserves to be, be rostered. And, you know, it, it just unfortunately, Amon Ra didn't get the touchdowns. It went on a flea flicker to Khalif Raymond. Mm-hmm. Reynolds got two. So, yeah, Reynolds, I'm uh, interested in as a wide receiver. He should be rostered. Uh, Gibbs looks electric. But... Is it going to be – he's not going to be – I don't think he's going to be a bell cow. Uh, he led the team in targets this week. So his usage is going up, which you want to see. And I hope it just continues to go up each week. This kid looks special. And another Reynolds. You got the Craig Reynolds. Now, like The Lions seem to like this guy, especially, you know, in the – whatever you want to call it, the green zone, the high-value touches inside that five. Sure. So Wait, Jamal Williams was last year for them. Yes. Uh, I mean, they signed Xavion uh, Knight, mm-hmm. or they elevated him up. So we've seen him have a little success. I don't think he's really good, Knight. But, I mean, it's a shame. I wasn't really a big Monty guy, but Monty was, had a very nice role in this offense. Yeah. And he looked good. So, you know, it was a shame that he got injured. I mean, just real quick on the running backs this year. Eckler. Hello. Still without a timetable. I don't think it's a long term, but I don't know how severe mm-hmm. that ankle is. Uh, you lost Barkley now for at least a couple of weeks. Hello. Chubb is out for the season. Hello. This is the, the thing with running backs. I know wide receivers can just get hurt. You know, non-contact running around. But they are much, it's a much more, as they like to say, hyper-fragile build when you go with the running back. It's just a violent game. And as you see on any play, it it can happen. Hello? You play to win the game. The one running back who just looks phenomenal is Bijan Robinson. I will say that. I mean, just watching this kid. Like that play he made at midfield, how he made so many guys just miss. I mean, I'm watching this kid and like, like, you know, you, your eyes are popping out of your head. Your tongue is hitting the floor. You're just like, holy shit. This guy is already, like, yeah. two games. I want winners. I want people that want to win. 
Yeah, and I mean, listen, we've been talking about that. I've had a lot of questions about people asking me about Pitts and London, and this all comes down to Arthur Smith being the coach. I mean, that's probably why they spent the top 10 pick on Bijan and are still rolling out Tyler Algier, who still has a role, who could still be on rosters. I think that's why they're rolling with Desmond Ritter, because they know they're not asking him to do too much. But the Atlanta Falcons are one of three teams in the NFC South that are still undefeated. Um, So I actually... I want to ask you about one of the other ones, um, which is Tampa. You know, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield last week, 317 yards. Last, uh, you know, <laughs> after week one, going 21 of 34. You know, the important part to me, Baker has not turned the ball over yet in the two games. Now, I only it's only a two-game sample size. You know, Mike Evans kind of pops off. But I remember preseason telling you that I thought Baker was feasible as a QB2, that Evans and Godwin were wide receivers, the likes of which he never had in any of his previous spots. I know you were high on mm-hmm. Godwin going into the season as well. I honestly think, Matt, you know, Tampa has shown that they can kind of move the ball. And if Baker doesn't turn the ball over no interceptions through the first two do you think that there's some fantasy production out there either for the wide receivers or maybe baker as a qb2 moving forward i remember telling you at the you know going into the season that i thought he might surprise and overperform a little bit um should i pat myself on the back just yet or is it too soon to do that oh i I think it looks like you know baker's going to be competent enough i mean he's winning over this team Mm-hmm. With just the, I, I don't know, his desire. Like you see him when he when he's running with the ball, he hasn't, you know, killed his team. He hasn't. He hasn't been the reason they lost. And obviously, they they won these two games. They beat Minnesota, which I was kind of shocked. I don't think Minnesota is that good of a team, but I thought they just their offense alone was much better than Tampa's. Right. But when you turn the ball over three times, you know, there's it's hard to win football games. And that game was kind of weird. It was, I mean, the second, first half, Rasheed White looked like Rasheed White, terrible. The second half, Rasheed White, actually, I'm not a Rasheed White guy. I got to give him credit. He looked really good in the second half. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, tale of two tapes on that one. And so, yeah, I, I, I think Tampa, you know, they got a couple of really tough games coming up, a couple of tough defenses. They got the Eagles. Right. We got another doubleheader on Monday night. Yeah. Coming up. And then they're at New Orleans. Sure. So we're going to see how that works out. Mike Evans, who I thought wasn't really going to be the good play in this offense, has been the guy. (laughs) So, hey, after two weeks, I can't argue with that. In that game, though, I did get to watch some of that game. Some, you know, I with this uh, new YouTube package. The I, Sunday you know, ticket? The, you can put whatever you want in the ticket. multi-view, yeah. Yeah, I got the multi-view going. I got the red zone going. I got my iPad going. I'm getting a bit confused. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I got so much shit going on. I, I got to, you know, streamline the system. Hello? But I did get to watch a lot. I thought the Bears were going to really – I thought this was their game. I, I was really expecting – Fields to uh, blow up in this game. Early on, he had that short touchdown run. He only ran the ball four times. Mm-hmm. Design runs, they had like, you know, they're not doing design runs. Room. I don't get what's going on in Chicago. Uh, a lot of it's on field. Their offensive line is still terrible. But he, if that first, if he doesn't make the first read, it's not there. He's so, it, 
you know, he's just holding that ball. Like DJ Moore had a very good game, and he should have had a smash game. Right. He was wide open on several occasions that he didn't get the ball thrown to him. You've seen some frustration starting to set in there. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Bears really need to – it seems like they're going down the same path as last year. This is why it's frustrating to me. Up until that Monday night game against New England, they ran a different offense. Then they featured fields. They had the design run plays. Not that they're the Eagles' offense. Not that he's Jalen Hurts. And not that, you know, DJ Moore is A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith. But – that, I thought, would be the template. You have good running backs. I, I think Herbert's really good. And this kid uh, and, and the rookie, R- Roshan Johnson, I think is really – looks like he's a player as well. But I thought it would be a lot more of that, and especially with this offensive line. You, you can't ask this guy to drop back and wait for time. He's, he's, he's not decisive, and he's getting killed. 29 starts over 100 sacks. That's yeah. crazy. He's averaging three games. So, and they go to Arrowhead this weekend. So I think that's yeah, I think I saw a 13 and a half point spread early on mm-hmm. for that one. It could be get right for Kansas City. You know, so one team that I'm buying here is Tampa Bay. One that I've got to sell on, Matt. And and you mentioned this, a player and a team that I am selling on is in that division you just mentioned with the Bears. It's the Minnesota Vikings, Matt. You said you didn't think that that was a great offense going in. I I remember we talked about uh, Alexander Madison a little bit in the preseason. I drafted him as an RB2 in places. You said that, you know, you didn't like him, that maybe a volume play at best. And this offense looks bad. I'm going to tell you something, you know, uh, on Thursday night last week, Madison, eight carries for 28 yards. And more importantly, He just has no juice. You know, he just has no juice. It's almost like an extreme version of what I what what we talk about when it comes to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, how Warren Mm -hmm. just looks like the better back and how he just has more (laughs) dynamic ability. My question, first of all, giving you props, right, because when I may have been a little bit right about Baker, you were probably right about Madison here. And you have been telling us to consider rostering Ty Chandler because he is the more explosive back potentially. Do you think they're going to make that move in Minnesota? Should fantasy managers start to have Ty Chandler on their radar? Because right now, to me, Madison does not look like he's good enough to be a lead or feature back, especially in this offense. Minnesota's 0-2. They're going to have to change something pretty quickly. What do you think about Chandler being on people's radars? Uh, I, I think Chandler is some he's, – he's a bench step guy. I think he's more of that, like, PPR back, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's, like, a guy that can handle a full load. I mean, maybe I'm wrong there, but that's the take I get. I, I'm not a Madison guy, as you said, but I do like his matchup this week okay. against the Chargers. Like, this is where he's got to be effective, at least. I mean, I'll, I I can say, look, you know, the Eagles, they're tough. And I was kind of surprised at uh, Kirk Cousins. He had a really good game, and the Vikings should have been blown out early. Right. You know, the Eagles allowed them to stay in it. And if Jefferson doesn't fumble that ball on the one reaching for the pylon, mm-hmm. you know, that's different. It ended a six-point game. Got that uh, backdoor cover. <laughs> yeah, and that was an interesting game. Just to go to the Eagles real quick, we got to see Swift. Yes, we did. Great. And he showed why. I mean, 28 carries. I never thought he'd get 28 carries in my life. But he got 28 carries. Averaging 6.3 yards per carry. Yes, he had a 40-yard run, but that's what DeAndre Swift, Swift can do. I mean, he's 
one of the best running backs before contact. You see how patient he yeah, is absolutely. there. Now, that's all the good. But I don't think Gainwell's going away. Uh, so I don't know how it works out. I think Gainwell, to me, is more of should be more of the role he was in last year, maybe a little elevated from that. I think he's a good player. Right. I don't think he should be the lead back on this team. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. That's going to be interesting how the Eagles' backfield shakes out. Um, if you picked up Gainwell, you're holding Gainwell. It's just too good of a it's too good of an offense. It's the best run offense. They run the ball a lot. So, you, you know, uh, Penny. Either, like I said, eventually he's just he's just a stash. Maybe he gets traded to a running back needed team. They sign them for like a million dollars. If they right. got something back, maybe they move on. Uh, I hope not. I mean, I don't know. But I had to mention that because yeah. I mean, Penny's a guy I really like. But right now, We're talking about that, he's a stash. Okay, Swift had a great game, like you mentioned, 175 yards, a career best for him. But when Gainwell is back, you know Sirianni is going to keep on, you know, keeping that as a revolving door, keeping us guessing. That's why I call it the fantasy herd. It's a, it is in fact a herd. And as soon as you think you know who the lead guy is going to be, Sirianni is going to switch it up, a la Bill Belichick and the Patriots. You know, a few years back, you know, you never know which running back is actually going to be the guy there. But speaking of running back, let's turn. This Let's turn the page forward a little bit. As you look to the waiver wire, we know there's going to be Jerome Ford. We know there's going to be Matt Breida. Uh, by the way, Kyron Williams is still rostered in 62% of leagues. So there's a third of Yahoo leagues out there where you wow. can still get him. And by the way, they're now talking about entertaining ideas, trading Cam Akers away. So this is going to be Williams' backfield. I'm telling you right now, it is at least worth the check in your league to see if he is available as well he is available in a third of yahoo leagues but are there any other running backs out there matt you know that you have your eye on potentially on the waiver wire this week that we have not discussed so far here on the fantasy freestyle that we have not discussed honestly not really but i'm blown away that williams is only rocking 62 percent 62 percent of leagues after another 20 touches another two touchdowns he has leapfrogged cam Akers to be sure and so you know i get it in your high stakes leagues that's not the case in many of the leagues i play in you know he was either drafted or already picked up but you gotta at least do the due diligence and give it a check i want winners i want people that want to win no if i mean if you're in a Yahoo League, whether it's just waiver wire, Parar, I don't know why I can't say this word today. Whether it's waiver wire or fab, uh, he's got to be. Yeah. You know, him and Ford. I mean, absolutely. He got like 96% or 98% of the, yeah. you know, he was out there. And the guy who I will say, if you're in a deep league, you want to put on a watch list, <laughs> I'm not saying pick him up right now. But a watch list guy for the Rams, because I don't think Akers has ever played another down for this team. Right. Either getting traded, getting cut. There's just, it's like oil and water. Right. You know, hitting McVay. Is Zach Evans. Zach Evans is, he was inactive this week. So, but Zach Evans is a guy, kind of explosive. Uh, just a watch list, really. Okay. 
Let me throw one other Zach for you. What about Zach Moss in Indianapolis? You know, I mean, we talked about Frida, but with Barkley returning, you know, there is Jonathan Taylor on the horizon. We don't know if he's really injured. We don't know if he's going to demand the trade and all that stuff. But Zach Moss, 18 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. He is available in 45% of Yahoo leagues as well. How would you treat Moss, say, vis-a-vis a Brita? You know, like, which one do you think may have a job, you know, as a lead back longer? Uh, would you Would you look at Zach Moss as well? I would say Moss probably has it longer. I'm not really a Zach Moss guy. That's a Fugazi. I'm a Bills fan. I've seen him. I, I know last year, Zach Moss came in. He was great for the Colts. He, he really wasn't that great. That last game of the season, go back to the game office. That last game of the year versus Houston, yeah, he got over 100 yards. And what happened this week? He played Houston. And he got kind of got bailed out because Anthony Richardson might have scored five touchdowns against right. him if he didn't get concussed. Forget about it. And should you be picking him up? Yeah, absolutely. You should have picked him up last week. He should have been picked up. I have him on a couple of rosters. Uh, do I see myself playing him this week? Not really, unless I'm decimated by the like the Barkley injury, right? And teams I lost Dobbins on, then you know he's a guy that he's in consideration. But I, I don't think he's that talented. But it all depends on what happens with Jonathan Taylor. If I, I don't really think he ever wants to play for the Colts again, they got that petty owner. So who knows if the exactly. owner will ever let him so, play you know, again? I know you're <laughs> not Jack a Zach Moss guy. It's talent on a team. But it's talent plus opportunity, right? So you might as well roster them there. Matt, let yeah, me ask I you. We only have that caveat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We only have a few minutes left. What kind of wide receivers? Are there any wideouts? You know, I mentioned Reynolds. Are there any wideouts out there that you have your eye on as well on the waiver wire this week? I mean, if Rashid Shahid is still out there, I think this kid's a little mini Tyreek. I, I know he's the third option. Michael Thomas looks really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really does. You got Olave who is you know, a burgeoning talent, really good young receiver. So he's the third option, but this kid is good. I would want him as bench depth. Marvin Mims only ran like five routes, but when, you know, he had over 100 yards on two catches. He's a guy on a team where you can stash because you want to have the team where in the middle of the season to the playoffs, you these guys are going to be, Players that are are, are, are going to help you win. They're going to, you know, these rookies, usually it's middle to the second half where, mm-hmm. where they pop. Uh, real quick, uh, I mean, Tank Dell, I think you have to be in consideration for him. And the last one, it may take some time, but I think he's clearly their best wide receiver. You know, they had the tight end, but clearly the best wide receiver is Jalen Hyatt. This kid offers them something none of the other receivers do. He's got... Primo speed, top end speed. He can. He's more than just a gimmick player. He was kind of characterized at uh, Tennessee, Tennessee in college. So that's that. I'll throw one thing for the tight end. Hunter Henry, I have him in a lot of tight end yeah. premium leagues. Even in regular, you know, PPR, yeah. non-tight end premium leagues, he is someone that needs to be 100% rostered, even if you want to use him as a backup tight end. 
No, but he should be on every roster. I agree. I actually have a claim in for Hunter Henry right now. And if I get him, I will be starting him over Kyle Pitts that I have mm-hmm. in some rosters. The targets for Pitts are just not there. Like you said, mm-hmm. and we said it before, there is no alpha really in New England. And Hunter Henry has 13 targets in the first two weeks. That is third among tight ends. The name you mentioned last week, Matt, at the tight end position, who is now leading the NFL among tight ends and targets is in Arizona. And it's Zach Ertz. He has 18 targets targets through two two weeks he has a 30 percent target share of the arizona cardinals passing game so if you need some tight ends a lot of people ask me about pits and i think you know you mentioned it with Bijan. i talked about it with arthur smith as the coach i don't think that that approach in atlanta is changing listen i love pits i love his freak nature i think he deserved to be a high draft pick but in that offense he will continue to be kind of a sports car kept in the garage the same way that drake london is so I like the Henry call and I like the Ertz call. One thing I'll give you real quick here is you mentioned Tank Dell, right? And don't get it twisted. Nico Collins, if he is out there in Houston, I actually like him as well. He had 20 Yo, targets yeah. through his first two. I, and I think he might be even the favorite over Dell. And one thing we could agree on is that he's going to be in a I negative totally game What? No, I totally agree with Nico Collins. Okay. I just, I'm assuming Nico Collins is not available. I've got so Nico that's... Collins on 61% of rosters, Matt. So, again, a third of people out there, almost four out of every 10 that's... people listening to the Fantasy Freestyle right now, it is worth the check to see if these guys are available. So that's that's my um, mistake there, I should say. Because, I, you know, to me, he's 100% owned in, in my league. Right, so right, Nico right. Collins, yeah, if he's out there, he's definitely had a tank down. And... You know, you're you're going with a game script play here. Absolutely. With this Texans offense. <laughs> yeah, Houston is going to be down. C.J. Stroud will be throwing. To me, it looks like Nico Collins is kind of the favorite there. Seven catches, mm-hmm. 146 yards, and yes. a touchdown. Like I said, 20 targets through two. And, you know, that Texans offense is going to be behind. They're going to have the game script, and you'll be able to take advantage of some garbage time, to be sure. I said Henry. I said Ertz real quick. Are there any other tight ends that are on the radar in like a minute? Uh, I mean, look, if anything happens to Ertz, they got a physical athletic freak in Trey McBride. Who, right. You know, that's somebody just to keep in the back of your mind. Real quick on Kyle Pitts, it was like Atlanta actually early on trying to get him involved. Uh, they did an end zone play. They threw a pass. It was a defensive pass interference. Then they went right back to him. It was incomplete. And then they just totally like went away. And so. You know, it's tough to start him. I totally agree. But, you know, you got to hope this offense evolves. And at least London got back on track. Yeah. He's talented, but it's still very risky. And that's the thing. It's not the player. You're you're talking about you got to hope the offense evolves. Like, I just don't think it's going to. I think Arthur Smith, we he is who we think he is. And that's yes, why we got Bijan Robinson. And you're you were talking about your jaw on the floor. I think Algier is still like flexible in some way because he's still gonna get touches. He didn't get in the end zone like he did in week one, but sometimes we gotta believe what we see after a few weeks, and sometimes we have to exercise patience because the sky is not always falling. Well, there you have it. There's some takes and some guys you can do on the waiver wire. We do believe to blow the budget 
on Jerome Ford in Cleveland. It is so unfortunate that we see these guys getting banged mm -hmm. up. The level of concern does rise, even for Matty Modica, as it relates to the Cincinnati Bengals offense. We'll see what happens in week three, and then we'll be back here next week, again, reacting to the injuries, giving you the takeaways, what can we buy, what can we sell, and to give you some guys to look for on the waiver wire as though you are Officer McNulty, Bubbles, or Omar on the waiver wire. That's what we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle, putting the fun in functional sports content, representing the starting five as always. To be sure, go on over, check out Fantasy Foes, check out the Marketplace as well with our starting five brethren, Nando DeFino, Adam Ronis, and of course the Fantasy Executive, Corey Parsons. But for my man, Matt Modica, I am merely the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. Hopefully you like, follow, subscribe, drop a five-star review, and use the Fantasy Freestyle every weekend to help you win your leagues and win that cash that'll do it for us this week we'll be back next week hopefully you'll be three and oh at that point i know maddie will be on some of his rosters i still might be too so hopefully we get into the month of october still feeling like a contender and we'll go through the whole season with you here on the fantasy freestyle we'll talk to you next week guys we out peace if you want to crown them then crown their ass but they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook <laughs>